Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the No Mind MMA podcast. Hope everyone enjoyed the fights on Sunday. We had one of the biggest cards of the year. UFC 268 at MSG, Usman Covington 2. One of my most anticipated events of the year, and this delivered from top to bottom. Oftentimes, when you have an event that's so stacked on paper, that's so anticipated, doesn't always live up to the hype. Not this one, though. From top to bottom, it was filled with crazy finishes, fight of the year contenders, prospects emerging, showing us that new level of MMA. I thoroughly enjoyed watching this card. It filled me with so much energy, so much passion, and just so much excitement to break it down, to talk about it. And that's why I love this sport, I think, so much. That passion it gives me, it brings to me, is unmatched in any other aspect. I wanted to get started recapping um, UFC 268. I want to have a look at Chris Barnett first. Start down the bottom of the card. Oh my God. <laughs> have you ever seen someone that big throw a spinning wheel kick with that level of technique? That was so clean. For, like someone that size... To use those body mechanics just makes no sense at all. What a fun fighter. What a, what a character. You see him coming out before he even gets in the octagon. He's got the crowd in their feet, dancing. He's really exciting. And you can just see that in his fighting style. You can tell he like really enjoys being in there. He really enjoys having a fight. Really enjoys expressing his skills. Showing that to the rest of the world. And what... A stage to prove your skills. Sold out card. MSG. In front of the hometown favourite. John Volante. And then he produces one of the best heavyweight KOs I've ever seen. A knockout like that. At heavyweight. For that size. Is so unheard of. I can't remember anything close. The only thing similar would have been like. JDS throwing that spinning back kick spinning wheel kick on mark hunt this was so much cleaner though and the celebration afterwards that front flips nailed the landing what a fun fighter man i'm really interested to see where he can uh go in the ufc because if i'm being honest i don't see him breaking into the top 10 or anything but i see him putting on some really fun fights for the fans on the other side john volante he looks slow he looked Big, he looked unprepared. I think it's a good time to hang them up. He came in with that same predictable game plan, walking forward, trying to bully Barnett, box him up. But yeah, he just you can just tell the passion isn't there. Um, I'm glad he got to walk out one last hurrah in front of the home crowd at MSG. That must have been nice. I'm glad that experience happened, but I'm really glad he's hanging them up. He's given us some really fun fights in the UFC. He's been around for a long time. But I think he's good. He's wise to call it now. Talking about those prospects of the night. Ian Gary, the future is here. Oh my God. I'm really high on this guy. I was high on Ian Gary coming into this. But I was really interested to see how he handled the pressure of the situation. Biggest card of the year. MSG sold out crowd and there's so much hype on you coming in so much pressure to perform 
and he passed that with flying colours. You could tell he needed a little bit of time to settle in. He needed a little bit of time to find his feet in that octagon, find his range. And Jordan Williams, credit to him, man, he was tough and he came to win. He was so game. He didn't come didn't come to be part of the experience. He came to take that hype from Ian Gary. He came to win. And he was doing really nicely. He was starting the fight, putting pressure on Gary, landing good combinations. And you could tell Gary was uh, just trying to settle in, trying to settle in. Once he did, though, and he found that range, he lands one of the cleanest pull twos I've ever seen. That thing was beautiful. You see his eyes never left the target, just shifted back onto the back foot and then dropped that two straight down the pipe. It was beautiful. It was all over after that shot. There was a couple of follow-ups that were unnecessary. Wow. Ian Gary put an exclamation point on that finish. Very Conor McGregor-esque in the striking style. Shifting back, looking to counter. You can tell he spent a lot of time studying Conor McGregor. And when he jumped on the mic afterwards, again, you can just listen to him talk. He's so full of confidence. He has a really high expectation of himself. And I'm really excited to see what he can do in the future. He's a big future prospect, and I think he has the skills to make a splash in the welterweight division in the next few years. In the next fight, we have another prospect emerging in Nasadin Imovov. This was a telling matchup because I feel like it was... Whoever wins this, the UFC can start to put some more stock into. Because Shabazian, they rushed him. They rushed him into Brunson. He had an electric start to his UFC career. But they just gave him Brunson too quickly. And I really think that that really had a big hit on his confidence. He's at AKA now. Or he was doing some work at AKA for this camp. And that, that really showed. The takedowns looked improved. The grappling looked improved. For me, it was just his inability to put everything together. And that's only going to come with age, experience, more reps in the gym, more fights. So for Edmund, I really don't think there's anything to ha hang his head on. He just ran into a prospect who's got it really figured out. Nasadine Imovov, training out of France with Cyril Garn, Fernando Lopez. And you can, set, uh, you can see he's just on another level right now. He's really coming into his own. The striking style is very Cyril Garn-esque, very bouncy, long range, hands by your side sometimes, and just touching. But for me, I was really impressed with his clinch work and his ability to throw those beautiful elbows and just dominate the clinch. I felt like he was always in control. He was always comfortable. He was always one step ahead of Shabazian. The neck attacks as well. Anytime Shabazian would shoot on the legs, he was whipping up that neck into a guillotine and they were tight. As soon as he has that neck, then Shabazian's thinking about defending. Shabazian's having to react to something he's doing. His presence in that octagon is, it's a threat. I really think it's a threat to this division because he's so comfortable and he's so confident in his skills and ability. What an exciting time for MMA. I was so blessed to see the next wave of stars come through the next wave of talent that sets the bar for this ever-growing sport. The next fight was Chris Curtis clipping Phil Hawes. I really feel for Phil in this one because 
He spent four and a half minutes dominating the fight. He spent four and a half minutes getting first to every exchange. He looked like he he was more comfortable. He looked like he had the timing of Chris Curtis. And he looked like he was hurting him. Like Phil Hawes looked like he was on his way to dominating that fight. And then Chris Curtis lands that beautiful left hook. Beautiful. He just timed it perfectly. Phil Hawes met the punch in the middle, which just accentuated the power. And he was hurt. I was so surprised of his poker face because he was able to stand there after taking that shot. And then you saw the next two he took, he was wobbling. That was a really good stoppage. I didn't want to see him take any more punishment. I really feel for him though. With Hawes, it's his UFC careers, it's been a bit frustrating for him. And he was just getting on a real good streak. And then this happens. Fair play to Chris Curtis though. What a way to make your debut in the UFC. Getting a knockout like that on a card like that. That must feel amazing. Props to him. Respect. Wishing him nothing but the best. Can we please just talk about Bobby Green's flawless performance? I know he was the favourite going in but I'm sure no one expected the fight to go like that. I actually picked Ally Quinter going, going into this fight. I thought even though he's had such a long layoff, his style, being able to mix wrestling and boxing so well, would give Bobby Green issues because we've seen that style give Bobby Green issues in the past. But Bobby Green wasn't fucking around in this one. He came in and he just never let Al get going. Just touch, touch, never, like as soon as Al would step into range, there was something there waiting for him, something to offset him, something to make him reset and go again. Like I said, Bobby Green just never let Al get going. That range management was off the charts. His ability to slide back and hit you with something hard as you're coming in was really the difference in this fight. I think Al got drawn in emotionally as well. He got drawn in uh, after every time he'd missed Bobby Green. Bobby Green was taunting. He was using that Philly shell really nicely, rolling with punches off his shoulder and taunting Al. What? That's it? Let's go. That's all you got? And it got him really mad. You could see, you could see Al trying to get around that range, trying to get in and throw something with intent to hurt Bobby Green. And he just got clipped. He got hit when he wasn't expecting to get hit with a beautiful one-two down the middle. Dropped him. And he was really hurt. Went to his back and the fight was over. Honestly, I think this is Bobby Green's best performance in the UFC. I know he's had some big wins over some big opponents, but just his ability in this fight, he made it look like Ally Quinter didn't even deserve to be in there with him. And maybe the ring rust has some sort of factor. Ally Quinter not fighting in such a long time and then returning to such a big stage in front of his home crowd, that result must have hurt. But yeah, Bobby Green just put on an absolute clinic. He's one of my favourite fighters to watch, man. Like His style is so unique for MMA. He's the only fighter I see using that Philly shell, hands down, using his shoulders to, rolls, to roll with shots. And he's able to implement that game so well one of the only people in MMA to implement that. But it works for him. It really works for him. 
And it's so cool to see Bobby Green getting better at such an old age. Having been in the UFC for so long already and still improving, still trying to you know, be the best fighter that he can be. I really love his style. I love watching him. And even though it hurt to see Ally Quinter get finished like that, because he's known for being so tough, nothing but respect for Bobby Green. All right, watch out Adesanya. Pereira, Alex Pereira is coming. Wow. Um, another prospect, just another prospect on this card that is so exciting that everyone needs to be following closely. If you guys don't know, Alex Pereira is regarded as one of the best kickboxers in the world currently. Knocked out Adesanya, beat him by decision. He has an ability to make world-class kickboxers look like they don't deserve to be in there. Has one of the nastiest left hooks I've ever seen. He just looks like he's built different, like his ability to land with power. He has that ability to calculate everything to the highest of level. Him and Adesanya really show you that there's levels to this game in striking. His composure after getting taken down in that first round was really, really exciting to see for me. He didn't rush anything, didn't make any silly mistakes trying to get back to his feet, just stayed composed, did what he needed to do, was relaxed, let Mikolaitis just completely work himself, completely gas himself out so he could come back into the second round. Fresh perspective, restarting on the feet, and you saw what happened. Landed that switch knee that was nasty. The fight was over. There was no need for those follow-up shots. Wow. His ability to pick that shot, he knew. He was so confident in it. As soon as it landed, he walked off. He knew what that shot did to Mikolaitis. That's what I'm talking about, man. Like His ability to strike will take him so far in the UFC. It's going to be his ability to learn the rest of the game. And that's the amazing thing about MMA. You can be a great striker. You can be the best striker in the world. But if you can't stop a takedown, you won't do very well here. Pereira training with Glover Teixeira. That's a really, really good move, I think. Glover, having been around the game for so long, so many ups and downs, been around the sport for years. He's going to be able to mould Pereira, mould his game, give him everything he needs to be successful in the UFC. If he can implement some of that grappling that he learns off Glover Teixeira, he's going to be a real, real threat in this division. I would love to see a rematch between him and Izzy. If he gets there, that would be some story. It would be absolutely incredible. Mikolaitis looked like he used everything he had in the first round. He looked like he came to fight for one round. After that round, the body language was concerning. Pereira up there, bouncing around, ready to go. Mikolaitis, hands on his hips, looking laboured. And then 18 seconds into the second round, that's all she wrote. Watch out for Alex Pereira, guys. I'm telling you, he's going places in the UFC. I don't know if there's any words for the next fight. Chandler versus Justin Gaethje was the ultimate display of heart determination will these guys both showing their warrior spirit 
putting everything on the line. It was fucking incredible. It's the best fight I've ever seen in my life. Maybe I'm there's some recency bias there, having just watched it. But what those two men went and did that night, fuck, you only can respect. These two epitomize what it is to be a warrior inside a sport full of warriors. This fight for me really encapsulated MMA. If I was going to go show someone who's never watched a fight one, this is the fight I would show them. Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler putting on an absolute war for 15 minutes. This fight started so fast and with so much intensity, neither man wanting to back down. I feel like Michael Chandler, he got, he got really drawn into a dogfight. He was fighting with his ego. He wanted to show Justin Gaethje how tough he was. And that wasn't the best decision if he wanted to win the fight. He sure gained a whole lot of new fans because he took, he gave Justin Gaethje everything he could handle. Hunting the legs. He came in, hurt Justin Gaethje's legs, hurt him multiple times, wobbled him. And Chandler's chin, his ability to sit there in the pocket and take Gaethje's best shots is fucking ridiculous. An incredible display of toughness from both men. I'm so grateful to have witnessed that. The way the fight went down favoured Justin Gaethje. I felt like if Chandler was going to win, he was going to come in there, implement the grappling and not brawl with Gaethje. But it looked like he wanted to put on a show for the fans more than anything. Of course he wanted to win. But I think at that stage, that environment, he wanted to put up a fight and he wanted to give everyone an absolute show. And that's what he did. So hands down to him. Respect for that. It was just the fight IQ that let him down from getting the win. But there was no loser in that fight, man. Like Michael Chandler's stock goes way up. Justin Gaethje's stock goes way up. Both of those men. No one lost in that fight for me. Justin Gaethje just continues to show us how much of a fucking savage he is. His ability to fight in that phone booth, fight with fire more people's legs and bring that pressure to them is unmatched and it makes me really excited for his future because the winner of Poirier and Oliveira versus Justin Gaethje is going to be so so entertaining no matter who wins and I really think his style can give both of those dudes problems so hats off to Justin Gaethje hats off to Michael Chandler I just want to thank these guys. That was fucking incredible. I'm so glad I got to witness it. There's really not much more I can say about that fight apart from, wow. Shane Burgos also had a really nice performance. He, uh, he struggled to get into the fight in the first round. Quarantillo was really game. He came out and he was, he was fighting really nicely. Lots of volume, pushing Burgos back. And you could tell Shane was struggling to find the range. He looked a little bit flat in that first round. But as soon as he started implementing that low calf kick, the fight started to shift in his favour. Once he had Quarantillo thinking about the legs, he was able to come over the top with his beautiful overhands. And his game was able to really shine through in that second and third round. 
the third round he had Quarantillo really hurt. Almost got him out of there. So it was a tough start. He had to settle in. He had to overcome some adversity in that first round. But Burgos put on a show and it was an incredible fight. So spoiled as well, coming off the back of Chandler Gaethje, coming into a second incredible fight like that. I think I feel like it went under the radar a bit because of that, because it was right after the Chandler Gaethje. But nonetheless, it was incredible. Two really, really exciting prospects going in and putting it on the line. The defense of Burgos still looked um, a bit troubling. Still was taking unnecessary damage, unnecessary shots. And I feel like that's something he's going to really need to address if he wants to go forward in this division. Quarantillo, he's going to have a bright future as well. It was just a tough matchup. He will go back to the drawing board, make those adjustments. And I'm really excited to see what he can do as well in this division. It was tough to see Frank Yeager get hurt like that again. I feel like it's time for him to hang them up. He looked good technically. His skills look good. But as soon as he gets touched on the chin, he can't take a shot anymore. And his game is built so much around being able to take a shot. I really don't like to see these young killers making the name of Frank Yeager. Vera struggled in the first two rounds, first round and a half, but once he started to find his timing and range, using that beautiful front kick up the middle, started to find the chin of Edgar, and then that beautiful front kick to the face put him out. It's so sad to see such a legend of the game at this end of his career. We saw it with countless other fighters, Chuck Liddell, I can name so many fighters that just sticked around too long and that started to tarnish their legacy. Because Edgar is such a legend. He's got he's re respected so much in the community. Everyone likes Frankie Edgar. And I feel like the UFC are just going to continue to use him for these young kids to build their name off. And I don't want to see that. I want to see Frankie Edgar hang him up. He doesn't have to prove anything else. He's had an amazing career, won some big fights, champion of the world. If he continues to fight, it's only going to go down here. The chin's gone. He can't take a shot anymore. But I don't think he will retire, unfortunately. Frank Yeager's just, he's a warrior. This is all he knows, and he'll continue to do it, I think. I'd really like to see a matchup with like Dominic Cruz, maybe, or an older fighter. Someone who's not coming up in the ranks. Someone who's someone who's a similar stature to Frankie Edgar. I want to see him in those sort of fights now. I don't want to see him against the Sean O'Malley's. I don't want to see him against the Marabs. I don't want to see those those sort of matchups for Frankie Edgar. In the co-main event, and still, Rose Namajunas taking out Whaley over five rounds, split decision. I thought Whaley probably won the fight, but it was close. Just depends how you score it. Whaley made this fight way closer than I thought it was going to be, showing amazing improvements, showing a really good game plan, um, just not necessarily putting it all together how she needed to, to win. Rose took a little bit of time to get going. 
she was struggling um, with the combinations of Waylay at the start, getting pulled into counters. Once she started to establish the grappling dominance, the grappling control, that's where she started to have success. Even though Zhang had amazing scrambling ability and she matched Rose on the ground, skill for skill, it was just when she was on her back, she was happy to accept that position and stay there. And that was really the difference in the fight. Incredible though. Rose, she's so good. She's so good in rematches as well. Four and oh, five and oh now in rematches or something like that. Incredible. I'd actually like to see these girls fight again for a third time. I feel like you almost have to throw the first result out the window a little bit. It was so quick. So unexpected. It didn't really get to show us who's better. And I really honestly don't feel like that about the second fight either. I feel like there's still questions about who the best is. Maybe that's just me. But I really think Weili Zhang can come back and continue to have some really exciting fights, continue to get better, improve, and she's going to be at the top of this division for a long time, I guarantee you. Moving on to the main event, Kamaru Usman again showing how dominant he is. We're on the way to greatness here. I think we're really seeing something special with Kamaru Usman. We're seeing someone who's so, so good, so above the rest of the competition. We're seeing someone who's so good, he's starting to lap the division. He's beaten everyone there is already, and he's just starting to beat them again. Dominantly, too. Covington made that fight interesting in the last two rounds. But uh, it wasn't enough. Usman showed the dominance, showed the power, and he showed that he's still getting better, which is so scary. Now he's with Trevor Whitman, and it's the striking that's getting better. It's that boxing, his footwork especially, his ability to be always in the right spot when he's throwing a punch, never out of position. And not only the straight shots, he's now using the, the hooks, the check hook was what dropped Colby twice, and it was beautiful. I really like to see their embrace at the end of the fight. You got to see the gimmick from Colby subside. You got to see the real him, even if it was just for a few seconds at the press conference, he's back to being who he is, the gimmick. But it was really nice to see that respect they both had for each other. Because Colby Covington, obviously he's talking. He's trying to sell the fight. He's trying to get eyes, trying to get hype. But you can tell he really respects Kamaru Usman. He respects his fighting skills. I don't know if he respects him as a person, but he definitely respects him after sharing 10 rounds in there. Colby Covington's ability to thrive in chaos and to thrive under pressure, similar to how a Conor McGregor would, is so incredible. Just shows you the will of this guy and shows you the character that he's able to thrive in those moments. Walking out, booze, he doesn't care. He loves it. So yeah, it was just Colby Covington just being just under Usman tonight. You can tell that, like Dana said, if Usman's not around, Covington's your champion. Because the only guy that's able to even hang with Usman is Colby. But tonight, we really saw who the better man is. I would love to see Usman go up to middleweight. 
feel like there's not really many challenges left for him at welterweight unless Hamzat does something crazy then I'd like to see that fight but honestly I'd love to see him go up to middleweight and test himself there he's so big for welterweight I know he's boys with Izzy and they don't want to fight each other but just the rest of that middleweight division I think there's some really really exciting matchups for Usman there Colby I think he's going to go back to the drawing board continue to get better I'd love to see him and Jorge talk all of the shit sell that fight because that, that'll be so entertaining with the backstory they have. The war of words in that one will be incredible. What an incredible event. So lucky. Only a week after UFC 267, which delivered as well. This one just came through on a whole nother level. My event of the year, hands down. Fight of the year on it. Fight of the decade on it. So many new prospects coming through. What an exciting time for MMA. Like I said earlier, there's going to be a bit of a hangover, a bit of a come down this week. Going back, getting back into that schedule of um, the fight nights. You have to experience both to be able to really get the most out of these big events. Really look forward to these big events. But this weekend, we have a... A really interesting fight at the top of the bill. We've got Max Holloway taking on Yair Rodriguez, which is a really interesting clash of styles. Not the best card, not the most stacked card. Some fights that, that I'm really interested in seeing. Song Yadong versus Julio Arce, a matchup between two really, really exciting prospects of bantamweight. Moises versus uh, Joel Alvarez, again, same thing, two prospects clashing. Um, but the fight I'm really, really looking forward to is Miguel Baeza versus Chaos Williams. It's a technician versus power. It's beautiful kickboxing ability versus that one-shot knockout power from Chaos Williams. That one's one to circle and keep your eye out for. I think that's going to be an absolute barn burner. We have some interesting fights. Not going to blow your hair back, but that main event, definitely worth tuning into that main event. Max Holloway is one of the most exciting fighters to watch in the UFC. Such a fan-friendly style. And it's the same with Yair Rodriguez. Max Holloway is a really big favourite coming into this matchup. Doesn't really surprise me. What he showed us in his last fight, him going to a whole nother level. Something I didn't even think was possible. Yair Rodriguez coming off a decision win over Jeremy Stevens, But that was two years ago. We haven't seen him fight in a long time. Max Holloway's boxing pressure, his cardio, his pace is going to be the undoing in this fight for Yair Rodriguez, I believe. Rodriguez has showed his cardio issues in the past and that's, re <laughs> that's not good coming into a Holloway fight because Holloway is going to test that cardio all day. As long as Max can stay safe from the kicks and get into his range, make sure he doesn't get caught by anything. I think he has the tools to make this fight not look close. I think it'll take him a couple of rounds to settle in. It'll take him a couple of rounds to work out the beat, to work out the movement patterns of Rodriguez. But once he has that down and he's made the reads, I see him pushing Yair back, making him tired, making him exhausted. I see Max Holloway putting on the pressure, 
I see Holloway lighting him up while Rodriguez is backing up tired. We have five rounds here. Holloway loves five rounds. He lives in five rounds. Rodriguez, we've seen him go five once, or pretty much, against Korean Zombie. And he looked like he was fatiguing in that, in that fight. So it'll be very interesting to see. Definitely taking Max Holloway. I think it's going to be another beautiful performance. And it's going to make us really excited to see that third fight with Volko. So I'm going to take Max Holloway. And I'm probably going to take him by a third or fourth round finish. Like I said, this card isn't the most stacked. Doesn't have the biggest name value. But these are the cards that often... When you're not expecting something, you're not expecting anything, they really deliver and you get crazy finishes, great fights. There's a lot of really good prospects coming through on this card. Another one I didn't mention, Sean Woodson, Colin Anglin. That'll be a really interesting fight. Jacasey, Rafael Alves, Kennedy Inchukwu, Kyle Dorcas. There's some really, really exciting prospects on this card. Really excited to see Max Holloway back. He's one of my favorite fighters to watch. And I can't wait to see him put on another performance this Sunday. And Rodriguez is always really exciting to watch too. Such a unique style. Crazy kicks. And I think it's going to make for a really interesting fight. Please give me any uh, questions, any feedback. I'd really like to interact with some of you guys, either regarding UFC 268 card this weekend or just anything anything you'd like to know please i really appreciate the feedback the support i hope you guys are enjoying because i really am enjoying making this sort of content sharing my passion trying to get some of the stuff i'm thinking about out it's been really good for me so with all that being said i really look forward to speaking to you guys in the next one peace